Welcome to Transform Your Workplace. Today's episode is brought to you by Zenium HR. Learn how organizations are leveraging Zenium's complete HR plus payroll solution for HR administration, payroll administration, benefits administration. Don't get bogged down by these things on a regular basis. Leverage Zenium for all of these so you can focus on growing your organization and hiring and attracting the best talent so you can serve your customers. Learn more at ZeniumHR.com. All right, a few weeks ago, I mentioned that I had a couple guests this month from Deloitte. And today's guest is Art Mazur. Art is the global human capital practice leader at Deloitte. And we're talking about the insights from the 2023 Global Human Capital Trends Report. There is a ton to unpack in this conversation. Uh, one of the the biggest takeaways that I had was learning how to lead in this boundaryless world. And I won't say too much about that because there's so much in the conversation that I think will be really insightful about what boundaryless even means. And I asked him, I'm like, do leaders have what it takes to lead in this new environment? And then there's there's so much in the report about the readiness level within certain areas like technology. And I love what Art has to say about all this. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation. I had a blast with Art. He was very insightful. Enjoy the conversation. So let me know what you think. And if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts, hit that five-star rating. And if you want to give a written review, that's great too. But the best thing that you can do is share this with a friend or a colleague or somebody that you know would get value from this conversation and this content. We're out here to transform workplaces in a positive way. So sharing this and helping us spread the word is the best thing you can do. Thank you for the support. Enjoy the conversation with Art Mazur. It's a pleasure to have you on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Brandon, thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be here with you today. Deloitte always comes out with some great reports, and we're here to talk today about the Deloitte 2023 Global Human Capital Trends Report. When did this come out, or is it even out yet? It's out just at the very beginning of January. Great way to kick off the uh, new year. That's great. There's a lot of good data, and I want to talk about what's in the report. But what I found fascinating is in the intro of the report, it, it stated that boundaries are falling away. Explain what that means. Yeah. The whole notion of boundaries is one that feels constraining. And what we're finding in, in the data this year is a buildup effect that we've seen over a number of years now culminating in an implication for organizations that we're moving into a world that has a very different landscape. Those traditional constraints that may have kept things packaged and orderly have now started to lead the way towards gaining permission to experiment, to pilot to innovate and to really define new ways of working. And when we talk about boundaries, Brandon, what we're really talking about are some of the constructs that have been interwoven into the fabric of work as we know it. Jobs, job definitions, being an employee and having an employer-led way of operating and the expectation that everything is, uh, say, dictated by those kinds of constructs. Those are falling away now. Could it even go as far as like the way in which we work or even functional units within an organization? I mean, just 
does the boundaryless comment, does that stretch across just an organization in general? For sure. It's kind of these shifts that we're seeing in a very significant way. For example, we see jobs falling away and and moving in favor of skills instead. So we're comprising teams based on skills rather than an aggregation of jobs, rather than seeing employees as the construct and the only construct that people work within, we have this notion of workforce ecosystems, the combination of humans and machines, the combination of humans who are working as employees, but also maybe in short-term kind of flexible work arrangements. So it is truly traversing the full of the organizational landscape. What's driving this? Is it the needs of people? Is it the remote work and now we can get talent from all over the place. So like, what is it? Is there one driving thing or is it multiple? It is multiple. Certainly there's no secret that the pandemic experience has shaped recognitions in a lot of ways for workforce members who realized that, hey, I've got opportunity. I can work in different kinds of environments. I can find ways to elevate my skills and move out of the industry that I thought was maybe my forever industry, or I can change from what I thought was my forever career path. Equally, organizations are feeling that that recognition that competition is moving faster, the need to innovate and move faster than competition to meet needs and ever-changing demands of their clients and customers is changing and, and much more dynamic. And so you take those coming together and you see really this kind of collision of forces that have led to the need for us to drop away from some of these boundaries so that we can be more flexible, so that we can move at a more agile pace and that we can be more productive and uh, more competitive. What comes to mind for me personally, as I hear you talk and even just from reading the report too, is on one side of this is chaos and confusion. Uh, maybe a little anxiety too from people just not knowing how they fit because it's not like this neat little box anymore. It's as you say, boundaryless. But on the other side of it is like possibility and different way of doing things and innovation. Talk about those two dynamics there. Yeah. I mean, look, change is scary, right? No matter what it is, it can be in our personal lives, it could be in our work life. Things that are shifting and maybe have a sense that I might not be as in control can be frightening. Uh, they can really be disturbing. But I think that the data in the report really leans much more towards the optimistic side of the equation that you paint. And in reality, most workers, according to our research, are already working in more flexible ways, even if that flexibility has not been formalized and put into policies and programs. In some of our data around work and skills, we found that more than 70% of workers are already performing work outside of their stated jobs responsibilities. And only 24% are doing the same work as others with the same job title. And so it's already amidst us as we work. It just may not be as formalized. And so when leaders and or workers start to see movements within a company toward changes that start to look like and feel like boundaryless, some of it will feel very familiar and other parts of it might feel like we're stretching, but it's on a basis of organic change that's already been underway for a number of years. It's interesting hearing you say this out loud, even though I've, you know, I've read the content because I had a one-on-one with one of my employees this morning, 
talking about this very thing of like, I'm doing things outside of my scope. It's not in this neat little box anymore. Like you originally intended it to be. And I'm like, huh, interesting. So like, how do I lead in this new environment? Like, how do I bring somebody, you know, my people along in this environment? If, if we were leading before where it's specialized units, functional roles, you know, clear job descriptions, and now it's boundaryless. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most exciting things about it is that it creates empowerment both for the organization's leaders and for the workforce within the organization and empowerment to co-create. And that means co-creating everything from how we work to what we work on, to the ways in which we work together, to the technology choices we make, to the physical versus digital collaboration. And that empowerment is something that we call worker agency. And it comes hand in hand with this opportunity for organizations to be able to chart a new relationship of co-creation with the workforce. And so member of the team that you describe who has a mindset, probably like lots of members of teams, maybe many of us are feeling this today, that I'm doing work that's outside of what's in my role description gives me potentially empowerment to both be creative and work on elements of workforce activities that are broader than maybe what I originally would have been doing. And that helps me to build skills helps me to grow new experiences and broaden my career. Some folks might say, well, that sounds all well and good if you're someone that wants to be, you know, like on the rise and climb a career ladder. But, you know, I'm really happy just doing the work I'm doing. I don't want to have this extra responsibility. And that is empowering in and of itself for leaders and team members to have conversation about and to help them each navigate how much agency do you want? What skills would you like to build up? And what types of work are you doing that you really enjoy doing and you want to keep doing? Yeah, that's interesting because it's really about communicating at the end of the day of like everybody's needs might be different, but giving, you know, and empowering people, having that conversation to figure out what their needs are, I, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And, you know, I think in many ways, this notion of activating a future relationship that recognizes that workers have voice and they have more choices and influence than they've ever had before. And for a leader like yourself and others, taking that passion and energy that individuals have to harness it and create benefits for everyone, not just for the workers in the organization, but this might sound a little lofty, but you know, we are in a world where most of the workforce has a desire to make an impact that goes beyond their individual assignment or their individual company. Most really say that they would like to have an impact on the world. I want to do something that I feel has greater purpose than maybe strictly making profit for the company I work for. That could be having a positive impact on a society through climate. It could have a positive impact around social justice. It might have a positive impact around charitable giving or even around increased productivity in industries that help individuals and teams work at better paces. So I think there is that exciting element of the ability to make a contribution and to have a purpose that I feel excited to get up and go to work every day. In learning how to lead people in this boundaryless world, Deloitte suggests thinking like a researcher. What is meant by that? Yeah, it's a way of, of thinking about how some of the trends are, are leading us to a place that says, 
if you're a researcher, you're really curious, number one. And being curious means that you're willing to test and learn and experiment. In our report, we organized uh, three of the major trends in this category of thinking like a researcher. The first is navigating the end of jobs, which is all about the shift skills. The second is about powering human impact with technology, meaning that we're embracing our co-workers who happen to also be machines. Think artificial intelligence, machine learning, automation, etc. And then the third of the three trends under thinking like a researcher is activating the future of the workplace, meaning that dynamic combination of working in for what many can be a both hybrid world of remote work and physical work, asynchronous and synchronous collaboration. All of those things require a willingness to experiment. And the more that organizations are experimenting and allowing the development of new ideas to come through, the more that we're seeing the organizations are able to drive to greater levels of productivity, higher levels of innovation, greater engagement on the part of the workforce. But thinking like a researcher is a maybe easy way to, to think about and, and remind ourselves of the importance of experimentation and knowing that sometimes experiments fail. That failure is actually rich with learning, and we can then pivot and adjust and revise. So quick example, in an organization that experiments with the ways of working and finds that some of the workforce excels in asynchronous work because you've got people that love to be night owls and want to go pound away in a Slack channel, for example, and you have other members of that team that really don't work that way, but they can wake up in the morning and see the ideas and build on them. That's an experiment. And thinking like a researcher says, let's look and see how well that's working for our teams and how well it's working for our project outputs. This is also like so fascinating. I mean, like just even wrapping my head around how do I lead in this boundaryless world where like one employee might want things a certain way and another employee wants things a certain way. And it's just, it does feel like it could be chaotic. I actually want your opinion on this too. And, and you can tell me what's in the report as well. If we look at like leaders like myself or mid-level managers, do you think they have the skills right now to lead in this environment or do we as organizations need to do something to bring them along? Yeah, there's definitely a learning curve here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, and I think our report indicates in a number of ways that there is a recognition of the importance of these kinds of shifts and yet a gap in readiness. And that's a common theme from what we've seen over the last 12, 13 years of this annual report in that when we are finding what's beginning to trend and become future facing, we're also very typically seeing that the readiness is, is not quite there. And so as we talk about unlocking the skill sets and, and elevating capabilities of the workforce, the elevation of skills for leaders to be able to navigate this new way of working should not be underestimated. And for leaders out there who are reading this report or just sensing the trends themselves in their daily lives, I think it's fair to say there is a level of vulnerability that can be powerful as a leader inside of these teams. And you know, being able to get comfortable as a leader to say, you know, we're working in a way that requires experimentation. We want to take advantage of the ideation that comes from all members of the team and admitting that, you know, there's possibility that it might feel a little messy while we co-create, but messiness is good sometimes. And, you know, I think there's a pressure often for leaders to have all the answers 
and leaders who are willing to be vulnerable and say, I don't have all the answers. I need your help to bring the best ideas forward and to work together to figure out which ones we should prioritize, which ones we should experiment with and be ready together to co-create, but also to co-learn from one another when we say, this idea thought like it was going to be a good one and (laughs) it looked a lot better on the whiteboard than it does in real life. Let's pivot. And I think that's part of the um, shift for leaders to make going forward in this boundaryless world. I want you to unpack this statement. I think I pulled this right from the report. And it may be a subset from this report, if the statement looks correct. So it says Deloitte's skill-based organization survey revealed that only 19% of business executives and 23% of workers say work is best structured through jobs. So what does that mean? And then what's driving that feeling if the confidence level is so low there? Yeah, I think what it shows is that there is an increasing recognition that the traditional job with a very clear description of responsibilities and experience and education is not really what's driving value in an organization today. I think what folks definitely are recognizing through that statistic and a variety of others is that when we move to a more skill-based organization, in other words, one that looks to the work itself first and says, what skills and capabilities do we require to accomplish the goals that we have in front of us? It is then really that movement towards saying we can be more innovative and we can be more agile because instead of having a group of people who've been assembled based on job descriptions and titles, we instead have a group of people who have been assembled along with their machine coworkers to fulfill the necessary aspects of the work that we've identified. And the statistics through this research that you're highlighting are pretty astounding. The companies that are skill-based are 98% more likely to retain high performers. They're 98% more likely to have a reputation as a great place to grow and develop. They're about 80% more likely to have a positive workforce experience. And more than half of them are more likely to innovate. That's just a handful of the stats that become quite compelling and led us to be able to conclude that the navigation toward the end of jobs and instead replacing those jobs with skills is a way of creating a different focal point for matching workers with the work that needs to get done. It's pretty compelling. It is. And what what goes through my mind when I hear that or just read that statement is it seems like lack of order and chaos because you, you know, you're know getting rid of the, the job descriptions, the functional units, all of those things, and you're going to more skill-based where... As if I'm an employee looking at it from from that perspective, like, okay, I've got the skills to solve problems in front of me. That's empowerment right there. That's the chance to innovate. To me, that's how you keep people around. If I'm looking at it from both perspectives. Absolutely. And, you know, on the surface, it can seem like it might be chaos. <laughs> it does. The reality, though, is this isn't suggesting that there's no construct. Rather, the work, the outcomes that need to be achieved and the skills required become the new construct for getting the work done. I would actually venture to say, don't think it's going on on a limb to say, having a host of people who are working on a project strictly based on their job description can often lead to more chaotic projects than those that have been organized around skills. 
And the reason for that is you have that norming, forming, storming kind of thing that goes on with teams when they come together. Often that's happening because we've brought a group of people together, not based on the skills needed, but we need someone from X department, Y department, and Z department to come together. And so you get the people representing their departments, but they don't have the requisite skills. They're not really sure how to navigate to the outcomes. And so you have a bit of chaos. That's probably more familiar to many of us than this newer wave of working, which says, what's the work? What are the skills that are required? And we then organize around that to actually diffuse the potential for chaos. We actually make it more structured, believe it or not. Very well articulated, perfect answer there. Um, Let's shift to technology a little bit. So throughout the report, there's readiness gaps on certain areas. And I want to talk about technology. So like harnessing technology, whether it's implementing it, getting people up to speed on it, there is pretty decent sized gap there. What did the survey find? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the use of technology and thinking about it as powering the human impact with technology is is something that I think is really the most compelling element. You know, there's been a lot written about artificial intelligence taking over the world or machines that are kind of going crazy with, with data. The reality is that these new workplace technologies are helping to improve teaming They're helping humans to be able to work better together. And this technology is is sort of a combination of tools from those that produce data and insights to those that are like wearables that help us in, in various forms of work. Think how individuals working in either a retail or a distribution center or working in healthcare can use tools like virtual reality to augment their learning, to augment the interaction with customers. The endless possibilities are there. And so when we think about technology as part of this, this trend to the boundaryless world, it's about powering the impact of humans and elevating the value that humans can achieve with technology on their side. A section of the report talked about negotiating worker data. What does that mean? And what did the survey find on that section? Yeah, you know, this data question is is one that's truly fundamental to the readiness of the organization to move into that future of boundaryless. The data that we have available to us now inside an organization is vast. Most organizations that we work with have massive data lakes with data plenty, And the question is, what do we do with all of that data? There is, of course, the imperative to protect that data, number one, and to use it for purposes that the workforce is understanding and, and aware of. And in some cases, that's regulated by governments and agencies. The important element, though, about uh, negotiating worker data is really about leveraging this for mutual benefit. In other words, If I'm collecting data about how teams are communicating and collaborating, and we can serve that up to help improve the collaboration of a team, then a manager and a leader has something more to work with beyond his or her observations of the team. If we're able to use data to help navigate things like safety in the workplace, then we're able to create a safer environment for our workers. And then finally, if we can use data that our workers can generate 
about not only the workforce, but about the competition, about the ideation that comes through in innovating for new solutions, or even about the interactions with customers. We're now expanding upon and connecting workforce data with data external, and we can start to draw some inferences from that and co-create into new solutions for our customers, for the organization. And it can get down to things as uh, specific as the way we communicate, how we connect, and even keystrokes and mouse clicks as a way of uh, measuring the success or, or the need for improvement in, in different types of work. Earlier, you were talking about worker agency. Here's another one that's like a big gap in terms of the readiness. So the survey had, had outlined 84% of businesses recognize that worker agency is important to the success of the organization but 17% feel like they're actually ready to address this. So what's going on? Like, why aren't, why aren't businesses ready? You know, I think organizations have been built in the majority under a model that said the organization is the one that has all the answers, sets all the policies, <laughs> right? Down, yeah. Defines the way we work. Uh, and it is very much a top-down. So I think what you're seeing there is that delta between the acknowledgement that worker agency is powerful and important, that the flexibility about how we work and what we work on is really important to the workforce today. And we're not quite there yet at, in terms of having the procedures, the comfort, the protocols, and the necessary guidance for an organization to say, here's where we're co-creating, here's where agency becomes uh, important. And I think what's critical, I think back, Brandon, to your comment earlier about, you know, gosh, this could start to feel like chaos. Worker agency doesn't mean it's a free-for-all. It's not complete anarchy. <laughs> it's not. And it's, it's in this banner of co-creation. And I can't emphasize that co enough. One half of it is the organization and the, and the leaders of it. The other half is the worker and the workforce at large. And those may not be 50-50 at all times. So if you take something like corporate values, you know, 80 to 90% of that might be dictated by the organization. We have a certain value set, we have integrity, we have expectations. But if we're talking about how we work on an individual team, well, maybe that flips around and teams become, as we're seeing in many companies, self-empowered, self-managed, and maybe that's 80% team dictated and 20% dictated by some guardrails that are provided by the organization. And I think we're seeing more of that than less. And that's how we then move this from being chaos risked to being really much more about co-creation and productivity. Mm -hmm. The way I think about this a little bit, so I'm a free market economy kind of guy. And I think it's there's a lot of good that comes from from that type of environment because you you have innovation, you have opportunity, all that, and that's kind of what we're talking about here at the workplace. Is like there are rules, like there, like we've got a you know there's value systems and all these things that we need to abide by, but what we're talking about is opening up and unlocking a whole different piece of our productivity and opportunity for people, and it just like there's a lot of good that comes from opening it up and like with less boundaries. It really does. You know, and I think we saw this through the pandemic, right? The organizations that empowered their workers to very quickly figure out 
what's the best way for your team to work? Because we can't possibly legislate this broadly. Saw great success, right? I think this notion that organizations who are working in a skill-based way and providing that sense of worker agency are creating this great place to grow and work reputation are the ones that, that are really able to win in their competitive marketplace. Now, I will say, you know, a number of our clients are, are looking at what's happening with the need to reevaluate certain roles. They've got some skill sets that they may be longer on rather than other skill sets that they're short on. And we're seeing some recalibration of that. Um, we're seeing questions about economic headwinds. But but none of those things in our estimation change the reality that the worker agency concept is here to stay. The, the demand and the need for individuals at all levels and of all generations to feel empowered in the workplace, it's here to stay, regardless of maybe some economic headwinds that could be felt or some shifting of skill sets that may be going on across different industries. Art, this has been such a great discussion. I'm looking at the clock. This conversation is blown by. This report has so much more in it. What did we not cover that you want to maybe say in parting or any just kind of lasting thought that you want to share before we leave? You know, I, I'd love the chance to chat with you as well. And I, and I would say that for those that are out there listening and have the opportunity to maybe thumb through the report, click around and search, I'd encourage folks to take a look most notably at the case studies that are included. It's a lot of really fantastic examples from organizations that are real world making these practices and, and trends come alive. And uh, I think that's maybe the best way to translate into one's own organization by seeing it in practice and others. I'll make sure to put a link to the report and the show notes. Uh, any like, do you want people to connect with you or, or learn more about your work? Oh, I'd love that. Sure. Please, you know, pop me a, a message on LinkedIn and uh, love to connect and exchange ideas and uh, really enjoy the conversation with you and I'm very flattered by the invitation. My guest today has been Art Mazur. Art, thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, Brandon. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws. The material and information presented on Transform Your Workplace is for general information and educational purposes only. Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws, does not necessarily endorse any guest, their business, or any organization they represent. Discretion is advised. Please work with a trusted advisor to find a custom approach that fits your organization's needs.